Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Still joining me, Anthony Lima. As we go wall-to-wall coverage of the Miles Garrett-Mason Rudolph fiasco, the rivalry. Mason Rudolph. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Boy, what an awkward thing to come into, uh, seeing a statement after Miles Garrett goes on national television and alleges not just a slur, but really went out and articulated what that slur was. And today, right before you come on the air, Ken, because we didn't even get a chance to talk about this, Mason Rudolph just came out and just went bananas along with his agent. Well, you know what? Thank God I got the next week off. (laughs) You enjoy your race radio over there. This It just sucks if you're a fan because you're put in the middle of a he said, he said when it comes to a race, a race situation. That's not fun. That's not why I watch sports. All right, let me... I didn't get into sports to determine whether or not my player, my favorite player, is lying or not or telling the truth about whether a racial slur was used. Hold on. Now, let me break this down. Why would Miles Garrett lie? I don't think he's lying. I don't think he's lying. I don't think he is. I think he either thinks he heard it or he really heard it. And Miles Garrett brings up – Miles Garrett put him on there about the audio. He said, I, the, you heard that in the ESPN interview. There's audio of all these games. I don't know why they couldn't get the audio. Miles Garrett, it, it wasn't where, oh, you don't need to get the audio. That's the thing. He's challenging them to get audio. He alleged a cover-up by the NFL. I mean, that's what he's doing. That's what he's going to do. When you see that big interview, is it going to air tonight or tomorrow? Uh, it's the big conversation, the Sunday conversation, whatever it is now. He is alleging an NFL cover-up, and he more articulated what was actually said. We all wondered what the slur was, right? We all went to the worst possible. We thought, okay, well, here are the bad words that we know. Here's probably what he's alleging Mason Rudolph said. Now we know exactly what he says Mason Rudolph said. And today, just moments ago, Mason Rudolph just issued a statement and is like, absolutely not. He called it a bold-faced lie. And his agent... Now, at the end of his statement, says he is now exposed to legal liability. So this is not going away. Neither of these two are going to back down from it. What are we supposed to do as fans? We're going to court. We're going to Judge Judy, and they're going to stand up there, and they're going to plead their cases, and it's going to be pretty excellent. I would watch. You of course that? you would. Do, do, do. All right, Rusty. That's, that's, I don't, they don't do in. that for Judge Judy, oh, man. Oh, come on. They should. No. How do they not? You've watched no Judge Judy in your life, have you? No, I've watched a little bit. Boy, I I I'm I I gotta wake up early now. I gotta listen to your show on Monday. I have to wake up early. I might as well just come in and work. Which Andy Roth is definitely listening. This so is, no, this is handed to you on a silver platter. But it is Valentine's Day weekend, and it's also uh, President's Day weekend, and more importantly, it is the Daytona 500. Boogity 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 boogity. You're excited. You're I am excited about that. Type I of am. Thing? Clap right into the mic. Why don't you? Um, I'm obviously <laughs> excited. 
that well, our original reason was you were going to test me yes. on NASCAR drivers, and then Mason Rudolph is calling Miles Garrett a liar, and Miles Garrett oh. saying that he called him the N word, and away we go. So now I'm going to what? We're going to transition from racism to NASCAR. Never mind. Don't even start. Don't even start. Don't even start. I I, I wasn't going to go there. I just wondering, like in in Pittsburgh. And I listened to a little bit of I listened to Philponi yesterday. It was a ten year anniversary of their radio station, Great. so they like ducked the whole thing. They barely oh, talked about it. Uh, him and uh, was it Mueller? Wait a minute, they didn't talk about it. They did a little bit, but it was more about their ten year anniversary. I don't think anybody cares. <laughs> right? You can celebrate the ten year anniversary another day. Like if yeah. something big happens, like if they were to cut Baker Mayfield on our tenth anniversary, we're talking about cutting Baker Mayfield. Like that's what that would be. Oh, I think so. Okay. It's it's taking the fun out of the whole thing. I know. Nikki's got to be spewing sick right now. Pierno's probably the same way. Fine, let's go. Hit me with it. Because I wanted to have fun, and now I can't have fun. I wanted to come in in your last segment, and I couldn't come in because of all the other craziness that was going on. So now uh, you're with me. Let's get going. Okay, Kyle Larson. Well, you got to tell people what you want to <laughs> do. You did the same thing on Tuesday. So Ken is, to me, very much... Very much in the way of. Go ahead, say it. I, you're, you, say you, what you want to say. You have a you, you have a condition. I'm, I'm trying to put this delicately. Okay. You have a an almanac, almost an encyclopedic understanding of NASCAR. You know every single what race. What are you race. trying to say? I am. Oh, you're a hillbilly. Oh. Okay. So we did this on the show on Friday to the amusement of many. Like people were telling me yesterday, they hate. NASCAR with a passion. Why do they? But hate, they why were, would you hate NASCAR? I don't understand. There's a hate for NASCAR. They were glued to their seat. They could not get out of their car listening to you break down the NASCAR drivers. I don't understand how people hate NASCAR. So let's start out with tell me what you know. Austin Dillon, the number thirteen. Oh God, that's too. Oh, easy. Oh no, that's just the thirteenth guy. I'm yeah. sorry. Austin Dillon is the son of the grandson of Richard Childress. He is the <laughs> brother of Ty Dillon. He is the son of Mike Dillon, who is the father-in-law. Or no, the son-in-law of Richard Childress. He is driving the number three car that was previously run by Dale Earnhardt. There's been a major controversy back in the day because of that. Because they he let wanted somebody to run the three. wear that number or use that number? They drive that number. That, the, the number's on the side and the roof of the car. <laughs> okay. Uh, is he related to Corey Dillon? Uh, no, he's not. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Chase Elliott. Oh, what a big race this oh, is for this Chase. this is easy. The son of Awesome Bill from Dawsonville. Chase Elliott, he's won a few NASCAR Cup Series races. I think he won one at the Roval last year. And the best thing about the, the Elliott family, the best thing about the Elliott family, and why I say Dawsonville, Georgia, is there's a pool hall in Dawsonville, Georgia that has a great big siren. So anytime Bill Elliott won and now Chase Elliott, because, you know, their father's son, they blow that siren for like an hour. It's incredible. There probably are people who hate NASCAR in Dawsonville, Georgia, and they probably get really annoyed by it, but it's one of the coolest traditions ever. And now that there's Facebook and Twitter, they have, like, live video of people driving by honking as the sirens going off and everything. (laughs) It is fantastic. All right. Will, if there's a big wreck at the end of this race, and there's always great theatrics. It's always going to be a big one. uh, Restrictor play, right? Yes. Uh, Will it be a cluster you-know-what for Cole Custer? I don't know much about Cole Custer. What? He's a young, he's one of he's another one of the young guys. The young guns. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys. Okay. <laughs> Turn it off. Go ahead. Is he doing deliverance? Uh, a lot of these guys. <laughs> a lot of the young guys are a little bit a little bit tough to know. This is perfect. Go ahead. All right, let's move on. Are you we, doing current drivers? You can't go with historic drivers? No, uh, we are going now to Denny Hamlin. 
Oh, Denny Hamlin's easy. I told you about Denny Hamlin the other day. Denny Hamlin has a great story. Not a lot of other drivers like him. Uh, he's a little bit abrasive, but his family mortgaged everything they have so he could race, and he paid off. He is a two-time Daytona 500 winner. Bobby Labonte. Bobby Labonte just went into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. He's a one-time NASCAR champion. Uh, he drove for Joe Gibbs for a long time. Drove the number 18 Interstate Batteries Chevy, then Pontiac, then I think Chevy again. Uh, and then uh, you know ran a couple of, of independent races for or independent teams and uh, just recently uh, ended his NASCAR career and just went to the Hall of Fame. All right, the favorite of one Kenny Maine, Dick Trickle. Dick Trickle has passed away. Uh, he's, one of the, he's one of the best short track racers that everybody's heard of because they all know the name Dick Trickle. Uh, ran a lot of NASCAR races uh, at the top. Didn't really have the best equipment. Uh, also, there's a great video on YouTube of him during a caution flag at one of the Talladega races where they go into the in-car and he's smoking a cigarette. Like, he lights it and smokes it while he's going around on the pace laps. Tell me what you know about Benny Parsons. Benny Parsons, a former cab driver from Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> now now Uber? Uh, he was one of our... <laughs> oh, he's left. He's passed away. Oh, uh, damn he's, it. He was one of my... He's probably my favorite analyst. He was on ESPN with him and Bob Jenkins back in the day. Uh, was one of the favorites of the 1979 Daytona 500. And I think ended up having a head gasket go in the number 27 uh, Oldsmobile. I hate when that happens. Yeah. Somebody stole his catalytic converter. Uh, give me what you know about Ned Jarrett. <laughs> Uh, the father, the father of Dale Jarrett, uh, Ned Jarrett is a legendary broadcaster, re- legendary race car driver, also the grandfather of Jason Jarrett, not Jeff Jarrett. Don't even start. Uh, just recently retired from broadcasting, but was very, very good. Was on. He's famous for being on the call for when his son won the Daytona 500. If you know this one, I'll give you mad respect. Dale Inman. Dale Inman was the crew chief of Richard Petty. Yes. That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. All right, I'll I'll give you an easy one after that. We had him on yesterday or the other day. Uh, None other than Rusty Wallace. Rusty Wallace, the 1989 uh, NASCAR champion back in the Winston Cup days, uh, was 1984 Rookie of the Year. Uh, famous for driving the number two uh, Miller Genuine Draft Ford Thunderbird. MGD. And, and then ran the number two um, Miller Light, the Blue Deuce, uh, for Roger Penske Racing. Uh, ran a long time and is always famous for retiring a couple years early. Also famous, the Penske team, for having the Penske file. Of course, that was too easy. Alan Kowicki. Alan Kowicki is, he passed away in a tragic wreck. Uh, well, it was a, it was a helicopter. Well, Was he the, the helicopter crash? All the wrecks are tragic. Uh, he's the last independent. I think he's the last independent owner operator, owner driver champion. Uh, ran the Hooters number seven, as well as oh, what was the other sponsor? It wasn't Exide. It was something else. But uh, also the only NASCAR driver at that time with a college degree in engineering. Really? Yeah, I think he was from Wisconsin. Uh, give me Mark Martin. Mark, well, where do you start with Mark Martin? Where, where do you what? finish? Uh, the, famous for the win, Dixie Ford. I think he at one point had the most wins in the Xfinity Series history. Also, uh, maybe the maybe the greatest driver to never win a uh, Cup championship. And for a men of a certain age, it was the Vavoline Ford for Jack Roush. That's how long Mark Martin drove. We'll close on this one. The great Buddy Baker. Buddy Baker, the tallest driver in NASCAR history, six foot six. 
Uh, known for running the Great Ghost Oldsmobile. Do they allow you to recline in the NASCAR? Uh, well, you can set your seat a little bit. <laughs> you can't recline in the NASCAR. This has been fun. Uh, known for running the Great Ghost Oldsmobile. Uh, and by the way, in the 79 Daytona 500, 21 cars were Oldsmobiles. That big block 442, babe. Can't beat it. And uh, I think... Yeah, Buddy Baker's won the Daytona 500. I think he was a NASCAR champion. I'd, right. have to, I'd have to remember. So who has the edge this weekend? Oh, God. Them them, 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 Do- Joe, Gib- them Joe Gibbs Toyotas, man. They're hard to beat. Does it they even matter who's on the pole? Don't they have so many wrecks that yeah, it really it's just resets it really, with two really laps doesn't. left? No, it really doesn't. Doesn't every I'm Daytona come? i who's on the pole right now. Doesn't Daytona always come down to the last who's few laps the every single year when they do a restart? Usually, yeah. And aren't some of these races like eight hours long? <laughs> uh, sometimes, yeah. No, they're not eight hours With long. With the weather. They're like five. Depending on the weather. Depending on the weather, yeah. the weather hopefully will hold out. Well, that, they got that new pavement there. And uh, as somebody who has been up close and personal with the inspections process. Uh, I, I hope Me, they're minding yes. their P's and Q's because we don't need another Houston Astros situation. <laughs> oh, NASCAR, that's that's part of the game. Cheating's part of the game, <laughs> wait, man. Wait, wait oh, you don't know about the cheating in NASCAR. You ain't cheating. You're a loser. Well, so you're no, a flat loser so if you're not trying to cheat. So what are we supposed to do? Are any of those Hall of Famers that we mentioned, are they in, are, are they cheaters? Richard Petty? Maurice Petty? You're Go call- look that history up. You're calling him a cheater. Yeah. So what, yes. So Cody Bellinger would it's, be none too happy. Cody Be- uh, Cody Bellinger would be upset. Uh, Dallas Keuchel would fit right in. <laughs> AJ Hitch should be a NASCAR crew chief. Jim Crane should run a NASCAR team. It'd be perfect. It for sounds them. like somebody who should. All right. I know you want to go and drink. I'm going home to sleep. Did you go out last night? Yes, I did. You said you were staying in. Yeah. All right. I'd right, enjoy your Mason Rudolph uh, denials. Wait, that he's denying it or I'm denying that Mason? Which one? Oh, just enjoy it. Okay, fantastic. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. All right. I, I, that's right. Recky Stenhouse is on the pole. Oh! Used to date Danica Patrick, just got released from his previous team, picked up a new team, and he's on the pole today for J, JTG Doherty Motorsports, who is owned by former Cleveland Cavalier Brad Doherty. It all comes full circle. All right, coming up next, I'll give some quick thoughts on the Miles Garrett thing. And also, you know what? It might be time to open up the book on the Astros again. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Back on CBS Sports Radio, Ken Carmen until 2 p.m. Eastern, 855-2124-CBS. i got to get in the saddle here. A lot of things going on. Kids are sick at home. Wife texting my ass off. First up on the Miles Garrett thing. Now I'm in Cleveland. It's going to turn into a he said, he said thing, and it's going to be based on who you believe. There's going to be fans who are in Cleveland, who believe Miles Garrett. There's going to be fans in Pittsburgh who obviously don't believe Miles Garrett and are going to take the side of Mason Rudolph. I know Miles Garrett. I don't know Mason Rudolph. Because of that, I can't assume that Mason Rudolph is a racist or just shouted racist things. I don't know that. It's irresponsible of me to do that. However, and we always think we know guys. We don't really know them. We think we do. I do find it strong that Miles Garrett went into the national spotlight again, did an interview with Mina Kimes and said, he called me a stupid N word and then went and said, the NFL has the audio. I want to hear the audio. That's doubling down. You know, there's going to be a whole lot of comparisons. You know, people are bringing up Jesse Smollett. Obviously I, I, I get it. I know, but he's remained steadfast on this. 
and it's going to turn into a he said, he said thing. I, I don't think the NFL is ever going to release that audio. I don't think they want to make their former first round pick, first overall pick look like a liar. And if he did say it, if you were willing to go to this extent to cover up for a second a, a, a second string quarterback, if you were willing to go to this level, boy, that's not going to look good for your league. So the best thing I think we can all say is, well, I, I don't know. I don't know. Because I, I've never known Miles Garrett to be a liar. But I don't think that I can just sit here and say, oh, yeah, Mason Rudolph's right. No, no, no. You can't do that. So this is something that's not going to be resolved. The NFL, if, if, there, if there is audio, the NFL is not going to allow that to happen. I do find it hard to believe that in a billion-dollar industry, they're paying an obscene amount of money for these rights. The NFL, NFL Films, Fox, CBS, ESPN, the whole thing. How that's not mic'd up, I wouldn't understand that. I think that there is some audio there that would either clear Mason Rudolph or would exonerate Mason Rudolph or would, would prove the point by by Miles Garrett. I wonder if Miles Garrett thinks he heard something. I've never seen Miles Garrett respond like that. But for Mason Rudolph, I, I I cannot say that he said what what Miles Garrett alleges. That's irresponsible. Eight five five two one two four CBS. So the problem with this is that everybody just you just get stuck in a rock and a hard place. The weird part about this, though, is that and and you don't want to see this. And I brought this up yesterday, and there was a lot of people agreeing. If Miles Garrett goes out there and has an incredible season in twenty twenty. And Mason Rudolph is just a trivia question, basically, for Miles Garrett. More people end up believing people's stories because they think about that guy, the player. They think about that guy. The player becomes the person that they like. So you end up believing things that maybe aren't necessarily there, maybe not necessarily true. But for Miles Garrett, you get a new lease on life. You get a new lease on your career. There were many people calling in yesterday on our show, Lyman and I show, about, well, you know, this is bad for him, for the NFL, for the future. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think the NFL is going to look at this and, and say, you brought this back up again. I think the calls are going to be tight. I think that things are going to be difficult. I think that there's a plenty of times where he might have another personal foul penalty, and all this gets brought out again. I, I totally agree with you on that. But I also know that it would be so much easier if Miles Garrett were in that interview and said, I said what I said to the NFL. I know what I heard. They left it out there. I'm leaving it at that. I didn't like that they made this public. I'm leaving it at that. It's to the NFL, not me anymore. I'm not addressing this. That would have been a way to end it. That's it. And people would have believed or disbelieved or whatever. But then you double down. Now you are telling me that you do believe this. That's why I I believe Miles believes he heard it. You're telling me you believe this, and you're willing to do things, you're willing to say things for your beliefs that are going to make things much difficult on you in the future. 855-2124-CBS. David in Buffalo, you're first up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, Ken. I appreciate taking my call this morning. Um, you know, I agree with you in the sense that Miles Garrett, you know, he's reinstated by the league now. He's got to go and, and be he's – got, he's on, you know, thin ice with the league, so he's got to go out and he's got to behave in a way that, you know, is a, of a professional. You know, and, and this is a huge offseason for the Browns because they've got a new regime there, um, you know, with a new general manager, new coach. 
Um, but there's a lot of pressure on that on that franchise, and Miles Garrett, along with Baker Mayfield, is supposed to be the leader, you know, that team. And let's be honest about Mason Rudolph. He's probably a guy in five years that's probably going to be a backup for the Edmonton Eskimos or some team in the Canadian League or maybe the XFL at the very best. I mean, he's not a, a franchise quarterback, even a backup in the NFL. So, to me, this is about the Browns. They, this is where the, the ownership and the front office with the Browns, you know, need to say to him, hey, you know what, buddy? You're back in the league. You're a great player. Go, go be a great player on the field. Let those actions stand out first before this other stuff because, you know what, that's past. You got to let that go and just play ball and be a great, great defensive end. Well, he, David, I think you had a great point there, and thank you very much for the call. You know, I wonder what happens in the future because he's going to be asked about this again. Miles is going to be asked about this again, and when when does he put the stop there? Because you have the you have the the lawyer for Mason Rudolph saying, well, he's opened himself out now to le- uh, he's opened himself up now to legal recourse, which the, you know, defamation, slander. Uh, that can get brought into brought into this. I mean, this is a very uh, this is going to be something that continues, and it's going to continue probably into the season, at least into training camp. And Miles Garrett could try to put the lid back on it, but if you believe strongly about it, then it's always going to be. I know what I heard. I know what he said. NFL release the audio. On the other side with Mason Rudolph, Mason Rudolph is going to obviously come out and say, "Yeah, I'm not a racist. I didn't say that. I, this is categorically false, and in fact, it's a lie." So until we hear any evidence one way or the other, that's what it's going to be. I cannot allege as a fan, as a person who's, as a fan, you can allege whatever. But as a person who's doing this, I can't allege that, oh, I know Mason Rudolph definitely said it, Mason Rudolph. No, I can't do it. So it just becomes, it becomes a stopping point for all of us. I don't think Miles Miles Garrett would lie. I don't think that Mason Rudolph, I don't know the guy, I don't think he'd say something racist while he's being tackled on a football field. Miles Garrett believes he knows what he heard. And he believes strongly enough where he's had three to four months just about, and he says that in the interview, he's had time to think about his statement. He made a statement. So he believes strongly enough that this was said and that he wants to continue. 855-212-4CBS. We're talking Astros next, and i got to bring up, you know what, maybe it's time to open up the book on them coming up at 11 o'clock. But next, it's going to be Brandon Scott, Sports Radio 610 in Houston. Kenny, talk us out of going after the Houston Astros players. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Send the tweet, send them hot at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. Also, uh, make sure you understand that the line, 855-212-4227, it's brought to you by the great folks at Geico. And there's great news. You can save 15% or more on car insurance, the whole thing, renter's insurance, the whole deal. Go to Geico.com. It takes like 15 minutes. Do that at like 11 o'clock Eastern. Because right now we got to welcome in Brandon Scott. Sports Radio 610 in Houston. I don't know how this is going to go, Brandon. I really don't. Now, Brandon K. Scott on Twitter because, all right, so the other day I tweeted about Jim Crane. I thought his comments were silly. And Landry Locker just dive-bombed me in my text. I used to work with Landry. Ken, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. I go, oh, great. And then Hickey, our producer, goes, hey, we got Brandon Scott from Sports Radio 610 on. I went, great. This is probably not going to go well for me, but away we go. Okay. What did you make? Of, what did, let's start with Jim Crane first. What did okay. you make of the comments the other day? Well, he fumbled it. He, I mean, I don't know what Landry's position was and why he objected to whatever your comments were. I didn't see y'all's exchange. But, I mean, he fumbled it. There's no way around it. He contradicted himself. 
within what a seventy second span there. Yeah. Uh, it, it it didn't affect the game. It did affect the game, or it didn't affect the game, and that's not what I said. So that doesn't work. Um, now, whether he was sincere, that that's up for interpretation. But I think it's a matter of fact that the man contradicted himself, and did not come off very well. I don't think he was. I, I really don't think he was. I, I maybe he feels bad that he had to fire a manager and a general manager. Maybe there's a little bit of that. Uh, but well, you, it, when it, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say, but, but to that point, that was my biggest issue with Jim Crane was that he fires the general manager, fires the the manager, but you still got folks in the front office working that were a part of this scheme. You still got people that were a part of the whole code breaker thing that the Wall Street Journal broke you know, just a week before or just a week ago about, and he hasn't answered for it. You know, all he's saying is we're going to make changes. We're going to look at our staff. We're going to look at our front office personnel. But you haven't seen anything happen. So, I mean, that's my biggest issue is that A.J. Hinch was probably the least culpable person in all of this, and somehow he's the one who has to be held accountable for it. The players don't. The lower-level staffers as far as the front office don't. It's a complete joke, man. Wow, Brandon Scott, I, I didn't know we probably would be agreeing with each other, but it sounds like we are. When, when I heard the Jim Crane comments, I go, man, you're really inflamed. I saw the reaction. I go, man, Major League Baseball wants this to go away. You inflamed it again. And I said, you know, pro sports and their punishments are really arbitrary. I wonder if they can open up the book again, even knowing that, well, Rob Manfred granted them immunity, and I thought, this isn't a court of law. Companies change their, their policies all the time based on the court of public opinion. Uh, right. Do you think that anything further should should be done? Do you believe that anything further should be done to maybe reprimand the players involved? So your question is should. I don't, you know, to not answer your question, I don't think that it will be done. Of but course. to answer your direct question on whether it should, I think there should be a postseason ban. I mean, here's the thing. If we're going to talk about fairness, okay, A.J. Hinch is out of a job for a year. He was going to be suspended whether they, he got fired or not, right? Um, like I said earlier, he's the least culpable here. You've got these players that are admitting to being a part of this thing, admitting that they knew it was wrong. So and that was another problem with Jim Crane. He kind of treated the players like they were children. Oh, the leaders did not, you know, bring a lockdown and all that kind of stuff. He's a grown man, professional athlete, to get paid millions of dollars most of them. I mean, that's that's pathetic when you really think about it. So, you know, I talked to the, to the, about this with a friend of mine. A postseason ban, and she's a Dodgers fan, by the way. A postseason fan, a postseason ban would not be. Um, I don't think that would be extreme or stretch. I think it would actually be fair, and it would probably be the most fair way to hold the players accountable. So that's what I would like to see done. Even though, in full disclosure, I'm actually an Astros fan. I was rooting for them in 2017, and rooting for them my entire life. But, I mean, this is embarrassing. I certainly hold no ill. I mean, you're a fan. You're, there's no ill will towards fans. And I want to ask you in a second what their their reaction might be. I, I want to admit something to you, though. Like, I, I people, when we, when this whole thing first started, people were calling us up and they were saying, you know, they should, they should vacate the title. I went, eh, you know, pro sports, you really don't vacate titles. And even when it comes to the postseason ban, I, I agree. That's the most fair. But there is a lot of me that goes, you know, I love entertainment. And if they were to make the postseason, you want ratings? You want people who you want you want somebody somebody that elicits an emotional reaction? I think the whole world, except for some Astros fans, are going to be rooting against the Astros in the postseason. I, I think I'm watching that though, Brandon. I'll tell you that. 
Well, well, so you present a point that that is in line with another thing that Landry was was actually saying, and that's that, you know, this is as far as marketing or building up momentum and anticipation and attention for your sport. He was making the point that Major League Baseball has not marketed itself in the best way. And what do we all love? Protagonists and antagonists, heroes and villains. And you kind of have that. Like the rest of Major League Baseball is kind of like the hero right now. They get to kind of stand in the soapbox until the next shoe drops or the next bomb drops or whatever it is. But the Astros get to be the villain. And so, you know, quite frankly, I was reading a story or a story earlier from the New York Times about how the Washington Nationals feel like they've been overlooked, right, because they actually beat the Astros. Well, if we're honest about it, if we're frank about it, Stealing and cheating to win a World Series is far more compelling than actually winning one fair and square, right or wrong. And so, to your point, it is going to be interesting to see how do they play throughout the season. And if they make the postseason, which we all expect them to do, then they're still the best team in the American League West. What's that going to look like? Brandon Scott joining us on the show. No, that's a great point. Uh, what about the fans, though? Do you think, not just you, I'll, I'll get to your thoughts here in a second, and it sounds like I know where you're at, but I'm going to ask here that in a second. To the fans that you talk to, mm-hmm. are they trying to rationalize it, or are their fans going, man, I, I really I really wish we never would have won it if this was gonna, all going to be the case of how this went? Most of them are trying to rationalize it. Uh, it's, it's a lot of the, well, what about them? What about the Yankees? What about the Red Sox? You know, and the point has been made, and I think this is actually fair, that Carlos Beltran is one of the common threads here. Of course, Alex Cora is a common thread between the Astros and the Red Sox. You think about it, Carlos Beltran worked for the Yankees immediately before his time with the Astros and immediately following. Alex Cora left the Astros to go manage the Red Sox. Given what we know about their role in the scheme, it's hard to believe that they didn't take these ideas and philosophies and practices with them in some form or fashion. I think that's the Astros fan sentiment right now. It's like, well, what about everybody else? Why are you singling us out? Is this not just a, a crisis in leadership uh, as a whole? Is this not a, a, just a baseball issue? Um, we know that baseball throughout its entire history has had these issues with cheating and integrity issues, uh, even going back to 1919 with the Black Sox scandal. And they're not all comparable, but if there's one common theme, that it's that there's some level of dishonesty and a lack of integrity in, in, in some form of fashion to the sport, I think that's a bad look. Uh, on the one hand, like I mentioned earlier, it's pretty cool for the marketing, but as far as Astros fans are concerned, they're like, what about everybody else? Why are you singling us out? And you got to also consider that this is the only World Series that the Astros have ever won. So it's it's their their crowning achievement, their shining moment. The Astros sold and gave away World Series championship rings in 2018, the following season. So it's fans. I don't think that those fans want to put up those rings. I don't think that they want to not remember fondly on what happened for Houston, um, and especially given what was going on around that time. It was Hurricane Harvey. There's so much emotion tied to what the Astros did for the city, and, uh, and, and I think that they're all just taking it really, really personal. Um, I'm able to kind of to kind of look at it a little bit differently because I'm in the business, but I understand where they're coming from. Brandon Scott joining us on the show, Sports Radio 610 in Houston. Find him on Twitter at Brandon K. Scott. 
you just alluded to it a little bit. You, the fan, you, the Astros fan, even take out the, the, the radio part of it, the media part of it. How do you feel about just like, are you going to wear a Houston Astros shirt in the future? Like a, like a 2017 world series champs. How do you, how do you take this all in? So just full disclosure, Ken, I have the Astros logo tattooed on my left arm and I've had it since 2006 when I was, you know, my, a senior in high school. So, so that's, that's, that's been my existence for the past 14 years. I've been wearing, literally wearing the logo on my arm, on my left arm for, you know, almost 14 years now. Wow. Uh, that, um, I have two world series championship shirts uh, from 2017. I'm not getting rid of those, but I do feel a little weird wearing them. I've got a really cool Astros hoodie that I love that I just bought last year. It's actually in the corner right now. It's a little weird wearing it. But, you know, I'm still awesome. This is kind of like my identity, man. I'm from Houston, born and raised. Been rooting for the team long before they, uh, you know, back in the Bagwell Biggio days when they were later on when they started tanking and then when they got Benjamin and Altuve and all this stuff. I followed the whole journey, so I'll still be around. Uh, And I think most Astros fans feel that way. But you can do both. You can still be an Astros fan and still – think that this reflects poorly on your team like it doesn't mean that you're any less of a fan by looking at this and calling the spade a spade calling it what it is this was this is just a bad look real quick what's dusty baker thinking about all this right now dusty baker is such a cool customer man i think i do think that he's gotten to the point where he's a little impatient <laughs> and i wasn't expecting this necessarily but he's a little impatient with the with the continued questioning because one thing that dusty baker just said that he doesn't like to do is to repeat himself he made the point yesterday is like how many times can a guy say he's sorry? How many times can a guy make the same point? Uh, but the issue is you still got folks who are reporting the spring training from other teams and the rest of the league is weighing in. The Astros, their peers are still weighing in. So when we get a comment from Cody Bellinger that's as strong as it was yesterday going in on the Astros, we have to return and come to them with that the next day. Um, it's just It's just part of it. And so, uh, but Dustin is, the, is, is such a cool customer. Um, he, he, if he was rattled, you wouldn't be able to tell. Uh, he, he's, he's really just the perfect guy to kind of navigate them through the situation. Um, and so I'm pretty sure that they're all glad he's here. Brandon, I can't thank you enough for the time. I know you're a really busy man. We appreciate it. All the best to you and yours, buddy. Hey, man, appreciate you for having me. Thank you. Brandon Scott, Sports Radio 610 in Houston, at Brandon K. Scott on Twitter, 855-2124-CBS. I'll just put this out there now. I had time to think about this. He's from Houston. I'm from Cleveland. I assume he's a Texans fan. I didn't ask him. I know he's an Astros fan. I'm an Indians. I'm a Cavs. I'm a Browns fan. I don't know how you do it in basketball. It seems pretty difficult. Football, I think it's an accepted thing. Guys are trying to cheat. Guys are trying to find a way. I think it's it's where you try to find a way to not get caught cheating. I think we've learned that over this period of time, certainly with the Patriots and all the other things that went with that. And I think me as a fan, I've learned from the Patriots and Patriots fans that the end-all, be-all is winning. Get the championship. Apologize for nothing. The Patriots have done that. And so as a Browns fan, and it seems like it's way far off, or a Steelers fan or a Texans fan or whatever, it's win the championship and then you guys can all pound sand if you have a problem later on. If if I want a, if I want a championship, if me as a fan, if the Cleveland Browns won a Super Bowl, 
and there was a spy gate right after it, all of you can go to hell. I'm still going to celebrate my championship. We're not vacating it. That's that's that. That's the way it goes. When it comes to baseball, though, and now I have something here. If if, if it's the first foray into it, if if the Indians would have won in 16 and this all would have came out, maybe it would be different. Now I have this. I have this as I have this as something to look at as an example. Because of all this and because of the way the sport is, where it's supposed to be about the greater good, it's a gentlemanly game, you're supposed to do it the right way. It's the first sport, really. Usually we all play. I know soccer you play young, but usually baseball in America is the first sport we all play, and it's about good sportsmanship and everything. And Major League Baseball is supposed to is really supposed to uphold those traditions. It's been 72 years for my my favorite baseball team. If I knew I had to win it like this, I don't I don't think I would win it. I don't think I'd want to win it. I don't think I'd want this problem. Because he's an Astros fan. It's their first World Series. And if this gets brought up, the first thing people think of is bad thoughts. And as a fan, I don't want to have to answer to that for years. Football, we, we seem to get over these things. Tom Brady had to do a four-game suspension. They paid a million-dollar fine. Still cost them. We don't think about that anymore. Football, I think, is different. Basketball, again, I don't know how you do it. Baseball, they're, they're, they're just as supposed to be a different meaning. They're supposed to be. You're supposed to uphold this game. You're supposed to uphold the virtues of the game. It's supposed to be gentlemanly. You could say I'm full of it, but that's what baseball puts itself out there with. They keep guys out of their Hall of Fame because of it. And now that I have this example, if it were 72 years and I knew I could win a championship that way, I'd just rather not. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. We'll take your thoughts and, yeah, we'll get into the airplane thing later. It's Ken Carmen live on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.